Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Lately, I feel like God has been testing me because I don't know what I'm going to preach about until I literally take the pulpit. <laughs> he keeps me on my toes. Um, I was just praying I don't want to be a professional Christian, right? Oh, yep, here we go. He's making me, yep. Um, But I was praying this morning and just meditating on what the Lord wanted me to talk on today. And I'm going to talk about total dependency on the Holy Spirit. Because we need the Holy Spirit so much. He is not a sprinkle on top of something. He is a person. That means he has a personality. That means he has feelings. We know that we can grieve him. We can quench him, and we don't want to be ones that grieve the Holy Spirit, amen? And we need him. And right now, God is moving in such a powerful way throughout the earth. And I remember telling Michael years ago, this is when really people didn't want to let the Holy Spirit move in churches. And I remember there were so many offers to Michael and I at the time Many people would say, you have something to give. You have an amazing message of Jesus, but you have to limit the Holy Spirit because if you let the Holy Spirit move the way you guys are used to, the way you grew up, it's going to limit your reach. I remember grabbing Michael, not that he was thinking about it, (laughs) thank God, Um, but I remember grabbing him going, we can never do that. It's who we are. It's in our DNA. But even if it wasn't, it's in the Bible, and we cannot water down the gospel for anyone. And I remember telling him, this was maybe 10, 15 years ago, before Jesus' image was birthed, so like around maybe 15 years ago. And I feel like we're seeing this now. I remember saying to him, right now, the Holy Spirit is being pushed out of the church, but the day will come, I said, mark my words, where the church is going to be moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the ones that didn't sell out and say no are the ones that will be trusted when the Holy Spirit starts to breathe upon the church. He never stopped breathing, but he's such a gentleman that if he's pushed out, he's not gonna force himself through the door. And we're seeing this now, but we can't use him. He's not, he's too holy for that. We can't use him because this is, this is what the, the body of Christ is yearning for right now in this hour. He's not a slot machine. Like I say, he's not a genie in the bottle. He doesn't come to make all of our dreams come true. He's here so that we can walk with him in this Christian life. He's here to, to challenge us, to point us to the cross, to point us to Jesus. He's here to evaluate us. I'm constantly searching my heart. Like I pray on the stage is how I pray at home. It's like I I, I talk to the Lord like a child because I don't ever want to graduate from that. And I constantly ask the Holy Spirit and and I'm, I'm not perfect, I could get better, but I always say, show me my weaknesses. Show me my blind spots. Show me what I'm not seeing. Show me the sin in my life. Because sin can be something even so simple like anger, like hatred, judgment. See, we think sin is just all the big stuff, and that stuff's wrong too. But 
The Holy Spirit's the one that shows us our weaknesses. I don't know how you could survive without him. I really don't. How can you even preach a sermon without the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I pray I never do know. I pray the moment I ever take a stage void of him that I look like an idiot because that would make me a professional speaker. We've got plenty of those. Just go to Tony, what's that guy, Tony Robbins? Robinson? Robbins? Do you listen to him? You used to, it figures. <laughs> I love Sharon. But we don't need more of that. We need people to point us to Jesus. And something that the Lord has been stirring in me lately, and I'll get to the notes in a moment, but I just, as God has given Jesus' image more favor, as I'm preaching more and teaching more, something in me has been so um, provoked not to become professional. Does that make sense? Worship leaders, as you lead worship more, you don't want to become so professional that you lose the messiness in it, the rawness. And that's what I've been asking the Lord. I mean, man, I could have just gone for it this, this morning earlier, but like, you know, I had a message to preach and, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe I should have just gone for it. But I love that. I love the mystery. I love not knowing what he's going to do. I love not having it all figured out. I love not knowing what to say. I love that. I love that he's talking to me right before I take a stage now on what to preach about. That didn't happen to me before, but I asked him to start really teaching me to cling to, to the spirit so I know what to do. And when you ask something, don't be shocked when he does and he puts you on the spot. But there's so much beauty in that. It's there, it's like we as a church, this is not just for preachers and teachers and worship leaders. We have to learn how to discern the winds. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, and you won't be able to know that and hear these things that the Spirit is telling us, the church, if you don't know the Holy Spirit. Something so quickly can shift. I don't know how to explain it, but sometimes you could be just in the room worshiping, and you know, gosh, he's about to save people right now. If I miss that moment, then I could miss what God is doing He's about to heal people right now. I better stop preaching and just move aside so that he can do what he wants to do. Does this make sense? And it's so beautiful. I love, I love him so much. I need him. The more favor uh, we're gaining here, the more I'm aware of how unqualified I am. And that's not low-level thinking of yourself. That's humility. And that's how we should be. You know, Michael, at the sin last night, he said, babe, it's wild. Everybody, like my heroes, you know, Michael W. Smith was there, Darlene Check, all these amazing people. He said, they were coming up to me, thanking me for preaching with boldness and clarity. They were thanking me for staying true to the cross. They were thanking me, thanking this house for the way we worship and go after the Lord. And he goes, and it's just, it's blowing my mind that the Lord is trusting us at this level. And may it always be that way. May we never think we deserve this or this is owed to us. Nothing is owed to us. I tell our team this all the time. We're all replaceable. 
We're all replaceable. The moment you start thinking you're not, guess what? You're signing yourself up to be replaced. May God always do that. A church is not built on a worship leader. A church is not built on a preacher. A church is not built on a team, even though all those things are needed and they're amazing and you can't do much without a team and a worship team and a preacher. I know that. But I'm saying it's built on Jesus Christ and him alone. That's it. It's him. He's the one. And the more God starts to use you and trust you, the only thing in your heart should be, like my dad used to always say after every crusade, he'd walk off and say, who am I and who is my father's house? Like, I don't deserve this. Not on my best day could I work this up. You can't work this up. These things are birthed in the spirit. That's how these things happen. They're birthed in the spirit. And he's looking for yielded vessels that will just say yes. Like Catherine Kuhlman used to always say, I was not God's first or second choice. I was his third. He told me that. I was his third. But everybody else didn't say yes to him. And I was so eager and so hungry that I said, yes, Lord, use me. Do whatever it is you need to. He can work with people like that. We say this to our students all the time. If you came to Jesus school to teach us, just go and start your own school. If you're here for, for Jesus, and if you're here, if you're hungry, I don't care if you have flaws, we can work with the flaws, but if you have a hungry heart that's yielded, and dare I say, submitted. We can work with that. Someone that's after the Lord, not a prideful heart that says, I know it all. I pray God kills that religious spirit. The pride, people that think that they can tell people how to live their life and run their ministry, but yet they've been never trusted with anything. It's pride. It's religion. It's not built on Jesus. It's not built on humility. The Spirit cleanses us of this stuff. Without Him, we all walk down this path. I know because I've done it. I thought I knew it all. Knew it all when I was young. I used to correct my dad and tell people how to do things and man they were just so merciful with me but but spoke truth to me they're like have you ever led anything like this before no then be quiet and why don't you lean on the lord and he'll teach you something but see the holy spirit gets that all out of us he's the one that reveals the junk the mess in our hearts and we all have it if you don't, then you think you're Jesus. And that's a bigger problem than the sin in my life. We need him. We need him. He's moving. He's always been moving. But right now, because the hour is getting greater, he's moving at, at a pace that I've never seen in my life. And I've, I'm young, but I've grown up in this my whole life. I've seen a lot. And I have never seen the acceleration in the spirit like I have in this hour. And I just don't want him to pass us by, church. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what he's doing. I just want to be a part of it. I don't have to be all of it. I just want a part. I just want to be there for him. I just want to be yielded and used however it is he wants me to, even if that means I'm not on a stage and I'm hidden in him. That's cool. I just want to know him. That's it. And sometimes 
flesh gets in, of course, and I want the stuff. And then I realize when I pray and when I let him just strip all that away in me, I realize, oh, I was desiring applause of people. I just want you. But if you don't take the moment to pray and seek him and ask Jesus to show you your heart, you won't see these things. We become blind. He's speaking, but we don't hear. He's moving, but we don't see. And he wants to reveal this right now to his church in this body. Amen? All right, let's get into the text. This will probably be a two-part teaching of mine because I just, I start reading the Bible and I start typing away and I just could talk about the Holy Spirit forever, honestly. But a life void of the Spirit will have trouble holding on to what the Lord has taught us. It's the Spirit that points you to Jesus. Evangelist, you cannot be an evangelist void of the Spirit. How can you even present Jesus to the hurt and broken world without the Holy Spirit? You can't. That's just metrics. You need him. Go to 2 Timothy 1.13. By the way, I had my mic on in the back when, so the live stream heard me talking. It's okay, I just said my mic is on. Michael called us and said, you're mic'd up, Jess. I can hear you on the live stream. It's like, thank you, God, I wasn't using the toilet. I was like, thank you, God. All I said was, my mic is on. Zach, I feel like you set me up. You put it, when you gave me the mic, it was on. I didn't even know. It's okay, though. Thank God for Michael. He was like, babe? I'm like, yeah. He's like, your mic is on. I can hear you on the live stream. I'm like, so I like unplugged it. I was like, I felt like everyone could hear everything. All right. My dad actually at this church went to the bathroom with his mic on. And the whole church heard the situation. It was wonderful. You know? <laughs> and then he came out and we were all just kind of like grinning from here. Yeah. And then he, re- he realized afterwards, like, yeah, your, your mic was on. It was great. As a kid, it was really great. <laughs> but anyway, 2 Timothy 1.13. When you're there, say Carla. Okay. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. All right, you have, you will not be able to guard, let me say it this way, you can't guard what the Lord has shown you and taught you void of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that protects it. He's the one that continually points you to Jesus. He was given to us so that we are never alone. So that means if you feel no one is with you, that's a lie. You're not alone. If you need comfort, he is there to comfort you. Isn't this amazing? I don't know if we fully understand this as a church. He's with us. I don't care if your whole family has forsaken you. You're not alone. You have more with you than someone that's surrounded by phony friends. If you have the Holy Spirit. How many friends do we even need anyways as you get older? But if you have him, you have everything. So as we just read in 2 Timothy, he's the one who guards the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. 
And like Michael has always said, and he's so right, if you want, to, if you want God to speak to you more, guard what he's already spoken. How many of you, it's, I, this happens to me all the time, when I start neglecting fellowship with Jesus, which I, I have, through the grace of God, it's been years since I have done that, but I will start forgetting what he's already spoken to me. The more you go after it, the more you're trusted, and then you, it guards what he's already done in your life. You don't wanna lose that. You don't want, there's many things in life you can lose. That is not one of them. So it's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus to us. I've got a lot of scripture, but just stay with me. Go to John 14, 15 through 17. Michael says, I uh, go too quickly. I don't give you guys enough time to get to your passage. So here I am just standing awkwardly waiting for you. John 14, 15 through 17. He waits too long for me when I'm like, are you gonna talk? Okay, and then my dad just goes directly passage and then he starts talking. So I'm trying to be somewhere right there in the middle, all right? John 14, 15 through 17. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Say, never leave me. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and does not recognize him, but you know him, listen to this, because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Wow. So the world is never gonna receive the Holy Spirit. They won't. But we have him whenever we want and need him. And I pray that we don't just push him aside like he's not in the room. I love what T.L. Osborne used to say. I'm sorry, it was R.T. Kendall. <laughs> Me with names. He said, the Holy Spirit, there is like, a, think of a pigeon and a dove. He said, a pigeon, you can try to spook it, it just stands there, it won't leave. He goes, the Holy Spirit is like a dove that is so sensitive, even the little thing startles it, and he flies away. He said, this is how you have to live your life. Think of the Holy Spirit in this way that what you watch, what you say, what you listen to, what you give your ear to, you do not want to grieve him. He's right there. May we be aware of that, what we're watching. He's not blind. He sees everything. He knows our thoughts. Jesus knows our thoughts. That is crazy and beautiful all at the same time. He's aware. So let's not try to manipulate him and try to be something we're not. Let's be real and authentic before the Lord so that he can cleanse our heart and purify us so we can actually walk this Christian life with longevity and faithfulness. That's how you do it. That's why David was different than Saul. Remember, David wanted to be restored in the eyes of Jesus. Saul wanted to be restored in the eyes of the people. It was a heart posture. And David, to me, just my opinion, his sin was greater when you think about it. But what was different about David? His heart was different. That was the key. Quick to repent. Quick to go back to the Lord. Quick to cling to Jesus. This is the heart that the Lord is looking for in this hour. Someone quick to repent and make it right. Quick to forgive. Quick to let go of offenses. 
this is Jesus. This is who he is. So the world will never honor the spirit. So don't expect them to. They won't. But through the spirit, we can reveal Jesus to the world. You can't do it through your qualifications. I promise you that. He often uses the most unqualified people. Moses was a stutterer. So many people that I read about, just the greats of the faith, they were so unqualified. But they were yielded. God works with that. The Spirit helps you love people and see them rightly. Go to Romans 15.30. When you're there, say Amy. No, not, not everyone's there. It's okay. Romans 15.30. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by Who? The whole, come on church, wake up a little bit this morning. Given to you by who? The holy, there you go. He's the one that puts love in our heart for people. If you have issues loving people, ask the Holy Spirit to soften your heart towards those people so you can see them rightly because there's good in everybody. And when you follow Jesus, you find that. If you want to find the bad, you will find that too. If you want to find the issues, you will find that very easily. But it takes a real Christian to find the good in people. And it's the Holy Spirit who shows us that. So sometimes when I don't see the good in people, happens every now and then, I will ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you reveal all things. Teach me to love people better. How can I be a minister of your word if I don't love people? That would make me, again, a professional. I remember Steve Brock, who used to work the Crusades with my dad for years and years. Me and Michael worked with my dad, as you guys know that, and we would see thousands and thousands come down to the altar. Thousands get healed all the time. So much so that if you weren't careful, it it could become very routine. And I remember one time Steve Brock grabbed us and we were at a crusade, maybe 20, 30,000 people, and the altars were jam-packed when the altar call message was given. And he grabbed us and came and whispered, he goes, never forget the people. Don't, don't forget the one. The moment you forget the one, you only look at the masses and you do it for the numbers and not for the people. Never let that happen, guys. That stuck with me forever. But see, it's the Holy Spirit that puts that kind of love in our hearts for others. I joke about this all the time. I'm not the most um, huggy, huggy, lovey, lovey girl. It's not my, I'm not physical touch kind of person and all of that stuff. Michael is, always wants to hold hands and I'm like, me. Like it's just, I've just never been like, that's just not me. I'll be loyal, I'm there, I'm like ride or die, I will have your back, I will be loyal to you forever, but I'm just not like, that's just, you know, it's not me, never has been. I'm sometimes quick to, to trust, quick to, uh, I'm sorry, slow to, my team's like, no, you're not, you're slow to trust, slow to trust. Uh, it, it takes, I love people, but like, not like I have the last like seven years. When God started to do something in my heart, it overwhelmed me the way I looked at people. 
something changed. I would watch people, even here at school or on the street, I would see people, broken people, and my heart would ache for them. And I was like, Lord, you really did it. You changed my DNA. You changed the way I see your people. Thank you, God. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't know the Holy Spirit. He's the one that softens our hearts. So I I tell you lovingly, and I tell myself this when I ever feel that need of um, hardness like I used to be or whatever it was, I'm like, no, no, Holy Spirit, do a work in me. I need to love better. I need to give of myself more. I need to let go of wrongs and, 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 and offenses. I need to love better. When I'm not loving people well, I know there's something off in my heart. But it's the Holy Spirit that does that. Amen? The early church had this right when it came to doing church with the Holy Spirit. We read, you can read it in Acts, but they waited for the Spirit to come and then the church was birthed. Now we do it backwards. We birth a church, maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not. There are many churches that are birthed that I believe are not in God's will. That's why you better know before you birth a church. But we birth a church, We use promotion, we use all the ways of the world to get people in the door. And then we ask the Holy Spirit to kind of be like a cherry on top of a Sunday. We use him. We all do it. We can't do it though. The early church had it right. They waited on him to come, to fall on them then the, birth, the church was birthed. This is how we need to do it again. May America be birthed with churches that are filled with the Holy Spirit. May Europe be birthed with churches that are filled with the Holy Spirit. There's safety in that. Me and Michael haven't gotten everything right, but one thing I can tell my kids and look back and tell my grandkids when we're old and gray, maybe I will have dyed hair, I probably would. But one thing I can tell them is it was the Lord who birthed this house. It was Jesus. We didn't do it the way of the world. Again, not saying we did everything perfect, but I, that's one thing I know about Jesus' image. We waited for the Holy Spirit to do it. There was protection. I love that we did that. I love that I have regrets, but on that area, I don't have any regrets because there was such beauty in it. It was all the leading of the Spirit. This is a sovereign move of God. We couldn't work this up on our best day. Only God could build what he's done here in just a few short years. I don't care how qualified you are or how big your promotion team is. If it's not birth of the Spirit, there won't be longevity in it. It might for a moment get some some traction, but then there's not longevity. I want longevity. That's what I'm in this for. I want Jesus. It's beautiful to do it this way. So many of you probably in here, Jesus School students as well, maybe church members that you feel called to birth a church one day, let the Spirit birth it for you. This is what the early church did. And there was so much protection and holiness doing it God's way. Acts 1.18. It says, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will not be able to be a witness for Jesus void of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible, it will just be words. And your words are not gonna penetrate the heart of anybody because none of us are that great. I tell our students this all the time. I say, when you go on outreach, see what the Holy Spirit is doing. This is how he speaks. See where he's drawing you. I've gone to places like the bank, the grocery store, the most random places, and something, there's just maybe someone will be highlighted to me. I don't know how to explain it. Something will happen, and I know it's the Holy Spirit nudging me that direction. And like, I think that I'm doing something great, but the truth is he's setting it all up along the way. Like he sets it up. He's already softening their heart to receive the gospel message. He's already softening their, softening their heart to receive Jesus. He does that. We can't do that. It's him. But a life with him knows him. You won't know what he's saying if you never pray to Jesus. You won't know what he's doing if you never yield. If you don't get out of the way, you'll never know how to actually follow him because let me get this straight. He doesn't follow us. We follow him. We follow him. We yield. When the spirit isn't moving, there's nothing more to say. I've, I've learned that early on. I used to get that really wrong. I would have to fill a time frame and so I would keep talking and be like, I have like 20 more minutes. And in the beginning when I started preaching, I could have a message. Like I, I've only gotten like this far in my notes because I guess I talk a lot more now than I used to. I'm not sure. But back in the early days, you guys did not disagree with that statement. Clearly, <laughs> uh, they're all like, mm-hmm, yeah, we got real quiet. In the early days, though, I would get through my notes when we first started uh, Jesus Nights. And I'd be like, Michael... I thought I had like an hour of notes and I just preached a sermon in 10 minutes and I don't know what else to say anymore. And I remember he said something to me. He goes, you're just not comfortable yet. Give it some time. You'll become more comfortable as you do it more. But there were times where I would get more comfortable and I would let the clock determine when I was supposed to stop instead of the Holy Spirit. Like I would be done. Does this make sense? Like I would have nothing more to say the Holy Spirit was done, it was clear, but I would keep grinding and pushing because I just wanted to draw my message out long enough. But I've learned with him, he tells me when to stop, he tells me when to go. I mean, even that moment you just saw, jumping on the stage and taking the choir in a different direction, the Holy, that was the Holy Spirit, that wasn't Jess. We, it just happened. I'm not saying that to go, whoa, look at me. No, no, I'm saying that's what a life yielded to the Holy Spirit does. He takes a moment, you feel something. I felt something when that choir was singing. I don't even know what they were singing anymore, but Jesus, I know Jesus was in it. And something was beautiful. And it's not that the song that we chose after wasn't great. That's one of my favorite songs. It was like, there was something on that. There was something on that. And I want, I, I, we need that more. So I'm gonna look like a fool and maybe I missed it, but I was feeling there was something on it. So I was like, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna jump on the stage and maybe look like a fool, but I'm gonna take a risk and, and see what the Lord does. That's what a life does, yielded to the Holy Spirit. There, if there's no risk, no reward. There's risk in everything, and it's beautiful to take a risk because it's just, yeah, you might look like a fool, but who cares? 
I remember when I first started preaching, I would cry a lot. I cry a lot still. I mean, I cried today. But I would, like, cry a lot. And my preaching would offend people. They came to see Michael or Brian Guerin if they were single, you know? And um, <laughs> here comes me. And you know it's true. Um, here it comes, it's okay, we have a school, we see this a lot. I'm like, you see all, when he comes to school, like all the ladies are extra dressed up and they're all sitting in his, okay, I get it, Brian's here. Yeah, um, moving on. But I would jump up and I knew that I was not what they wanted to hear because I was messy and undignified and unqualified, but so caught up with the spirit that I didn't care. I don't know how else to say it. So much so that I remember one time I was preaching and one of my kids, I think it was Theo, said, oh yeah, one of the ladies left as soon as you started preaching because she said, you're too much and you cry too much and she didn't come to this conference to hear that. Like, well, thank you, son, for telling me that. That was such an encouragement. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but you understand, if I would have let that get to me, I would never be free. So I would rather be free and maybe uh, provoke the religious, but be walking with the Holy Spirit and knowing that I yielded and that he can trust me so that he will continue to trust me more. I would rather that any day than walk off of here and you guys go, what a great speaker Jessica is. You'll never say that because I can't even get words right most of the time. I, but that's okay, I love Jesus. So hopefully you say that's a yielded girl that loves Jesus. If that's what you say of me, then I feel like I've done my job. If, if I point you to Jesus, then that is why I'm doing this right now. Because it stretches me beyond anything ever has. Well, thank you. It's for him and him alone. Okay, this might be a three-part thing. Okay, well, we'll close in five minutes. We'll end, we'll end soon. I'll just have to come back and keep teaching on this. Good. Okay. I love what Paul says. Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 4. Ludie, if you could just help me just a little bit. Don't you love Ludie? She is the best. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 4. It says, when I first came to you, this is Paul talking, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan, for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. If Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, knew this, if he didn't come with lofty words and persuasive speech as, as we just read, if he leaned on the Holy Spirit, then so should we. If Jesus leaned on the Holy Spirit, then so should we. If this is what the early church fathers did, then so should we. Why have we tried to deconstruct something that is beautiful and perfect? The Bible's perfect. 
it's clear there's not a jot or tittle that is out of place. It was the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible. He is the one who spoke to the men that, that wrote it. It's him. There's perfection in him. And I think what I want to provoke us to, to do, church, I just, I, I know, like I said earlier, God's been doing it in me. I want to lean on him even more. If I feel too professional, I, I just don't even want to do this anymore. And that's what people love to do. They, you, you get more favor, more seen. This is for our worship team as well. More, more people are listening to the worship and something in you, in the flesh, says, I have to be more refined. I have, to, I have to make sure I sound, my speech sounds greater, my singing sounds greater, something sounds great. And what the Lord is wanting to do is he's wanting to kill all that at the altar. And he's wanting you to just cling to him like never before. He's wanting you to not become professional. You know, I think the nations are being drawn right now to this house and many others, the young people are being drawn because they want something tangible and real. They don't want a watered down gospel. They don't want this version of Jesus that we have made him into be. They want someone real. That's what they're looking for. That's what I was looking for when I was young. I just want to know him for me. Not the Jesus of my dad, not the Jesus of, of my family. I need to know him for me, for Jess. I have to know he's real. So I love what my, my little son, Benny, who's 15, he's on this journey right now where he's just studying the scriptures and studying the, the early fathers in the church. And we never forced him to do that. This is all just happening. Like, and that's what the Holy Spirit will do. Like, when you pray for your children, you believe that your prayers actually can move a mountain and you pray for them and you believe it. The Holy Spirit starts to guide their path in ways that you never even knew imagine, imaginable. You could not even imagine it, but he does this because you are a life yielded to him. He makes everything perfect. He just does that. That doesn't mean he makes everything easy. No. I was just reading in the Bible this morning that uh, trials build endurance and that builds character. I was like, holy, thank you, Lord. Like, but this is, these things happen so that God can, but then it says, so that we can cling to our salvation. Because when character is built, then we don't become sellouts and we hold on to the cross forever. But if you don't have character, you'll run the first time anything gets hard. If you don't have character, you'll walk away from Jesus the first time that you face persecution. If you don't have character, you will turn your back on him when you're the only one clinging to him because you'll go the way of the world. It's character that builds that and trials and, and all of these things build the character. This is what the Bible says. I just read it this morning in my Bible reading time. It's beautiful, but God is provoking us to go after him more and to cling to him like never before, and to not use the Holy Spirit, and to realize that he was given to us for a reason. He was given to us so that we can walk this life out and be faithful and have endurance and not ever turn away from the Lord. It's not about how you start, my friends. It's how, about, it's how you finish. It's the process in the, in the middle that matters. These are the things that we always go, how we start. No, no, no. It's how you finish. That speaks more about you than anything. 
how you're still loving Jesus, how you're wanting him more. I can say, I mean, gosh, I, I love him more than I ever have. And even when trials come, that makes me love him more. It's like what the devil meant for harm, God turns it around for good every time. Because if I just keep loving Jesus more, I win. I win. If I cling to him more, I win. If I give up, I lose. But clinging to him, that's what it's all about. Can we just stand for a moment? I'm just going to close and pray. Yeah. This needs to be the cry of our heart. Jesus, we want to know you. We want to follow you faithfully, God. Come on, church, just agree. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know your suffering. We want to know the wounded one, Lord. We want to know your heart. Lord, the Bible says that you change not, so that means if you wept for Jerusalem, then you weep over those that have turned against you today, God. We want to be there to minister to your heart, Jesus. We want to love you this way. We want to know you. And Holy Spirit, if we've ever turned you and pushed you out, turned you aside and pushed you away, forgive us, Lord, for doing that. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our church, into our businesses, into our ministry, into our family, into our marriages, into our schools, Lord, where our children attend, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our staff, into everything, our worship, God. It's yours, Lord. It never belonged to us. It was never ours to take. It's always been yours, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Just in your own words, just just tell the Holy Spirit you welcome him. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, if you put walls around the Holy Spirit, if you build a fence around him, he will just politely let himself out. We can't put limitations on the Holy Spirit. We can't put limitations on him. He's too precious for that. He's too true, too good. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Do whatever it is you want to do in this church, Lord. Do whatever it is you want to do in our life. Oh, Jesus, thank you for sending us the comforter, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless you. If I can just have the the communion elements be brought down as we're just praying, and then we'll take communion here in just a moment. But Lord, we need you. Just for a moment longer, church, just keep loving on Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Birth new wine in our hearts, Lord. New wine, Lord. Deeper fellowship with you, Jesus deeper understanding of your word, Lord. Don't let us go through the motions, Lord, and not know you, Lord. We need you. We need you. And yes, Lord, as we partake communion this morning, we've been hearing these testimonies from all over really the world, even people taking it with us online. Heal your people, Jesus. We know there is power in the body and the blood of Jesus, Lord. Heal every need. Heal every broken heart. Heal every physical issue, every eye that's not seeing properly, every ear that's not hearing properly, Lord. Every heart, Lord, that's not whole, Lord. 
in the physical and in the emotional state, Lord, heal it all, Jesus. Heal those fingers or someone that you have some issues with your hands, you have joint issues and even pain when you came in the room. Heal those issues, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we partake your body and blood, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that like your word says, there was none feeble among them, Lord. Heal every issue, God, this morning, every issue, that knee problem, let it go in Jesus' name. The stomach ulcer, Lord, heal it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Someone has an issue with your nasal cavity. I don't even know what that is, but there's something going on with your nasal. The Lord's going to heal you. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Lord. There's someone that gets red eyes. Your eyes are constantly red, and they're singing all the time. This has been a chronic issue. Lord, heal that in Jesus' name. Just agree, church, with this. Thank you, Father. There's someone that, that has tendonitis. Lord, heal that in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your healing power to flow, God. As we take your body that was broken for us, your blood that was shed for us, Lord, heal every need in Jesus' name. There's a mom that's watching online. You've been praying for your teenage son. He's 13, actually. And you've been praying and crying out that he would come back to Jesus. Lord, meet that need for the mother right now in Jesus' name. Meet that need in Jesus' name. He wears hats all the time. That's all I see, brown hair and a hat on his head. And you've been crying out for him to come back to Jesus. You're all alone. I think you're divorced or there's not a dad in the picture. I don't know why, but you've been crying out for your son. And the Lord is going to bring that prodigal son home in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, do it. We trust you. We believe you. We cling to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.